You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 95. When people come to me with an already formed entity, usually one of the first questions I ask is, how much did you pay for it? And if they tell me an answer around $500, then I know that it almost certainly was not done correctly, right? Because it's more work than just filing that certificate of formation. That gives you an empty shell of an LLC. But the asset protection actually comes from something called the company agreement, and it's essential that you have that document. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And we are going to do some educating today around asset protection and the dangers of being a sole proprietor without creating a legal entity around your business. We are joined by attorney Jason Amon, and I'm going to get to more information about our incredible interview and my gratitude to Jason for taking time out of his busy day to share with us. But first, I have to get on my soapbox for a moment. If you're a regular listener, you know that we are approaching our 100th episode. Actually, I guess if even if you're not a regular listener, you would know that episode 95 is leading to episode 100. We have about a month before episode 100. And I've been sharing with all of you that I would even say I desperately want. I am so hopeful that we can reach 100 iTunes rates and reviews by the time we reach episode 100. Now, some of you are saying, I don't know how to do that. And I will tell you that you can go to starcoachshow.com, click on the link that says leave a review. It will take you to iTunes. You just click view in iTunes. And at the top, it'll say rating and review. And you just leave a rate and review for the show. So why is this so important? It's because more people know about the show when we have more rates and reviews. More people are drawn to the show and are able to learn from our incredible guests. So I'm passionate about the show and I'm passionate about people finding out about the show and that's where I can use your help. I've had listeners say, just ask Meg and so I'm just asking. Thank you so much in advance. The other thing that I am so passionate about in getting people to know about the show is that if you know of somebody who would benefit from one of the shows and maybe they don't know about the Star Coach show yet, send them a link, invite them to listen. I would hope that this is a resource that we can spread and share because of the incredible guests that are willing to come on the show and share their expertise with all of us. So speaking of incredible guests. Jason Amon is coming on the show today. He 
has been in his law practice, the law office of Jason Amon, since 2011. His firm focuses on estate planning, probate, and limited liability company formation. Now, Jason is one of those incredibly nice people who is so, so smart that it just kind of blows your mind. Prior to opening his law office, he was a teacher of advanced placement macroeconomics. He has a broad range of business and technical experience, including financial software design and project planning. He has this varied background, and it all leads to him being a incredibly brilliant and nice attorney. And he happens to be my attorney as I recently established my LLC. Now, as I say in the interview, I've been in my own business since 1990, but I only recently created an LLC because it seemed like the right time for me to do that. And Jason's going to share some of that information today around how do you make that decision and what are some of the benefits that come from creating that asset protection through a legal entity. It was lots of fun to spend time with Jason, and I so appreciate him taking time because I know his business is incredibly busy but I want all of you to be able to gain from his wisdom. So let's go to our interview with Jason Amen. I want to welcome Jason Amen to the show. Jason, thanks for taking time to be a part of the Starcoat show today. It's my pleasure. So uh, Jason happens to be one of my favorite legal people in the world, and he has agreed to come just give us some overall perspective on how being a business owner interacts with the legal needs of being a business owner. And so in that, I'm going to have Jason give a little disclaimer Jason, you are here to kind of give us perspective, but not, we're not, you're not legally representing our audience. Okay, good. So just for informational purposes only. Good. And Jason happens to be the attorney that I work with to protect myself and my business. And, and I originally went to Jason a couple of years ago and said, Jason, how do I even know if I should form an entity for my business? And so Jason, if somebody is going into business for for the first time, or maybe they've been in business, but they haven't formed any entity at all, what are some of the things that they should be thinking about? Right. So here's the thing. Whenever you have a business, the concern is liability. And if you just go out into the world and you're conducting business, maybe you're doing that under an assumed name certificate, which is called a DBA, doing business as. When you're doing that, the problem is that all of the business's liability attaches to your personal assets and vice versa. You you could have personal liability. Uh, You crash your car into something that costs a lot of money and then your, your business's assets are at risk as well. And so fundamentally entity formation is an asset protection strategy. And there are two different ways to about asset protection. One is entity formation, which is what I do, and you pay upfront for it. There's an upfront cost, but not a lot of ongoing expense. 
The other side of that coin is insurance, where you don't really have an upfront cost necessarily, but every month or quarter or year, you're having to pay for that in perpetuity. For most people, a combination of those two things is where they want to be. Some people might favor one over the other, but really what we're trying to do is put a barrier between you, the individual, and the business, which is separate from you. Okay. And then when you create an entity, there's different kinds of entities to choose from, which is something that many of us are are not really familiar with. What are the ins and outs of those? So how does one even go about choosing what kind of entity to form? For most people, an LLC is the best solution just because it's less expensive to form and it's less maintenance, less hassle going forward. Um, I tell people there are situations where a corporation structure, an actual incorporated business is more appropriate. If you plan on going public or selling stock in your company, then better to go ahead and start with a corporation just because there's more flexibility there. The other advantage corporations have is that you can have different classes of stock. So you can have You can give someone ownership, but not control of the company. That is, they may have a non-voting share. So if you have a complex situation like that, then we should talk about an incorporated structure. If it's a more basic thing where you have one or more owners, they have, you know, you can have equal percentages or different percentages, but, and some of those people can be in control, some of them can't. But if they're all have equal voting rights, then an LLC is probably a more elegant solution for you. Okay. And what about expenses? Is is one more expensive to set up than the other generally? I think generally a corporation would be more expensive just because we use them in more complex situations. So the nature of that is that it it costs more to accommodate and, and create a framework around all of that. Okay. And since, you know, many of our audience might be in that place of being new to set things up and thinking about costs, what about some of the sort of ongoing costs that a business owner would want to factor in if they choose to form an entity versus, you know, if, if they're not, obviously they're taking on the liability if they don't, but what are, what are some of the built-in expenses, if any? Sure. The first thing I want to say about expenses is that when you form an LLC, there's a $300 filing fee with the Secretary of State. And when people come to me with an already formed entity, usually one of the first questions I ask is, how much did you pay for it? And if they tell me an answer around $500, then I know that it almost certainly was not done correctly, right? Because it's more work than just filing that certificate of formation. That gives you an empty shell of an LLC. But the asset protection actually comes from something called the company agreement. And it's essential that you have that document. So that's one thing to say about cost. In terms of ongoing expenses, there aren't really a lot. So forming an LLC means that you have a separate legal entity now. It's going to have its own taxpayer ID number. And that means it's going to have to file its own tax return. For most people, that's an informational return only. You report to the IRS that this was the profit, but you don't pay tax at that point. For most people, all of that income flows through on your personal tax return, and that's where you pay your ordinary income tax. Okay. And what about things like, do you have to pay a franchise tax or any kind of like a a fee to be an LLC or to be a corp? Right. So you have to file a franchise tax return with the Secretary of State every year and consult your tax 
expert on this. My understanding is that you would have to have receipts around half a million or more before you would actually owe a tax. But I do know that people get into trouble if they don't file that port with the, the controller. Okay. Yeah. And I do apologize. I know that taxes is, is not your specialty, but I had heard that. So I thought, oh, let me ask Jason about that. So you talk, I know you really specialize in LLCs. And what is the unique value of that? I know you to know that you would do that because there's there's a benefit to people from, from that entity. Well, just that it, it's very good at giving the asset protection that people are looking for without a lot of headaches. So there is a requirement that you have an annual meeting. And so this can be, you know, my interpretation, my accountant's interpretation of the law is that that can be anywhere in the United States. So mine was on the beach in Miami this year. And I considered that part of the trip to be deductible. So you have to have an annual meeting, but other than that, not a whole lot. Okay, good. So when you form an LLC or a corporate, whatever, you've got to begin to take, keep your records differently. What are some of the expectations for record keeping? Right. So what we want to talk about here is something called piercing the corporate veil. So you can go through all of these motions. A lot of times people just file a certificate of formation with the secretary of state. But the way we phrase it is that if your business is just your alter ego, then the courts are not going to give you the protections that you're looking for. You really need to treat this, even if it's a one-owner LLC, you need to treat it like it is a separate legal entity. It needs to keep separate books and records. Don't commingle the finances. Don't ever pay your personal expenses from the LLC. Keep that clean and separate and, and document all of that. Okay. So a separate bank account Absolutely. under the LLC's name. If, you, if you're bringing in money for from your business, hopefully you're bringing in money from your business that goes into the LLC account and you have a separate account that you... Now how... And this might not be what you do, but I'm just curious, how would you recommend that somebody pay themselves then out of their LLC? Sure. This is very important. There are two ways to get money out of the company. One is paying yourself wages, and the other is a distribution of profit to, the, uh, to yourself as the owner of the business. And for tax purposes, these are treated differently. If you're paying yourself a salary or wages, then you have to do payroll withholding on that, Medicare, Medicaid, things like that. If you're paying yourself a distribution of profit, then there is not payroll withholding on that. And so you may wonder, why would I ever pay myself wages? Why not just take everything as a distribution of profit? And for some industries, that might be allowed. I know for myself as an attorney, the IRS's expectation is that attorneys get paid a salary for their work. And so in my industry, about half of it needs to be taken out as salary and the other half is taken out as a distribution of profit. So how might someone get familiar with what the expectation is so that they set it up correctly? Consult a CPA. Okay. So many times, one of the things that's becoming very clear to me and became very clear to me when we work together is that once this is set up, the sort of the second step is to go to a CPA and make sure that the tax portion is all set up correctly once the legal portion has all been set up correctly. Right. There's things that need to happen. So within 70 days of creating the LLC, you need to decide if you want to take what's called an S-Corp election. And that is to be taxed as a sole proprietor proprietorship. And that's the ta flow through taxation that we talked about before, where you just have the informational return for the business, but all of the taxes get paid through you personally, through the money that you've taken out. 
Corporations get taxed generally a lot differently than that. The company pays taxes on its profit, and then there's a dividend to shareholders, and then that gets taxed as income for the shareholders as well, double taxation. And so you can take the S-Corp election and, and choose to be taxed differently. Okay. So definitely, um, it's not a one and done. Once you've worked with the attorney and you get something set up very well, you need to then kind of determine with a tax professional how all of this is going to work through the state and and the United States taxes for those of us who are listening stateside. Now, I will say that obviously the information that Jason's giving is is very States based, and those of our listeners who are in other countries are going to have other sort of procedures that you might want to check with someone who knows the legal aspects within your country. Jason, what haven't I asked you that you think is important for business owners to be aware of when they think about venturing forward in creating an entity? Let me say one more thing about the last question. If you've been doing your taxes on your own, you're probably going to need to hand that off to someone once you've formed an entity. So in that event, you would come see the attorney, set it up, and then go see a CPA and get your taxes in order. If you already have someone, though, who's helping you with taxes, it's really important that you let your attorney know who that person is and give both of those professionals permission to talk with directly with one another and make sure that everyone's on the same page and that no one's going to be surprised later on. I don't ever want to do something that's making someone else's work harder. So make sure that everyone is working together. And anything else that a business owner should think about when they're thinking about kind of moving forward in in full disclosure here, I was in business for myself for like 20 something years before I formed an LLC. And it was really only after I expanded my business beyond being a psychotherapist that Jason said, okay, now this might be a time that you want to consider this. So let me ask you this, Jason, what is some advice that you give or thoughts that people might have when they're looking for somebody to work with toward creating an entity? Right. So this is, this is a, a great question. So One way to look at that is fee structure. Some attorneys charge hourly. And what that means is that you pay for every phone call and every email and every question, every answer. We reduce our day to six-minute increments. And the expectation is that someone's going to be paying for all of those time slots, right? And so clients generally don't prefer this. And I, as an attorney, don't prefer it either. It's, it's no way to spend your day tracking time at that, at that level of detail. So what I do is charge a flat fee. And that means that you pay one payment one time, unless we've made other arrangements, but there is one set fee. And if there is a filing fee, I'll take care of that. If there's a reporting fee, I'll take care of that. And, and then we don't have to worry about how much time it's taking you can make as many changes as you want. The, the idea is that we get to a good end result and that you know, you understand where we've, where we've ended up without having to worry about necessarily how long that takes. So that's one thing to consider. Another thing you might consider is, do you want a large law firm or do you want a small, large firm, a small law firm? Mine is small. We have two attorneys here. We've had three in the past, but that's small. And, and I think that forming an entity um, certainly an LLC is something that a small firm can handle. It, it doesn't require a large firm. That said, if you have a 
very large, very complex business, and you're going to do, you know, a, a stock offering and form a corporation, then you you may want a, a bigger firm that has more resources who can who can work through that with you. Ask your other professionals, your banker, your CPA for recommendations, because those people have worked with the, the attorneys many times, and they've seen is it good work? Are the clients happy or are they not? So I'm definitely get a recommendation would be would be great. That's just really helpful because even when I was exploring, you know, I'll go on LinkedIn and look around and there's there's lots of different people who say different things, but you just have to wonder whether it's a doctor or an attorney or a coach, recommendations are really sort of the foundation of going somewhere where you can kind of trust what you're getting and I can certainly happily recommend Jason and, and his services. So Jason, thank you for taking the time to help us understand. I will acknowledge, and Jason knows this, anything to do with like law and taxes, give me a complete rash from head to toe. <laughs> and he was so gracious about sort of handholding me through the process. And I'm very grateful for that. So, and I'm also grateful for you taking time in your very busy day to help us just maybe understand a little bit more about what we need to be, the lens we need to look through when we're thinking about protecting our assets and creating an entity around our business. So thanks, Jason, and have a fabulous day. Take care, you too. Now, I wasn't actually kidding in the interview. For whatever reason, I have this screwed up paradigm in my head around legal aspects of anything, along with taxes, that just absolutely get me in a tizzy. So I am very grateful to Jason for coming onto the show and talking to us about something that makes me very uncomfortable, yet he does such a very good job with. If you'd like to know more about the law office of Jason Amon or about the show, go to starcoachshow.com and get information about Jason on the resource page. Sign up for our ongoing book giveaway on the contact page and do a little search around the site. See what's available that you might want to know more about. And remember, I am so close to episode 100 and I need more rates and reviews on iTunes. So if you're enjoying the show, please take a minute to leave a rate and review. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week. Thanks so much.